Well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 63, Heaven Holds All to Me. The song that we just sung, the very first few words there, it says, Earth holds no treasure, but perish with using, however precious they be. And I want us all to think about that this morning and see if that is the way that we look upon the things of this world. And when we talk about the things of this world, that is not just whatever that we see in a part of this world, 
But the way I look at that, that the treasures that perish with the using here, that is sin. The things that will lead us away from the Lord and the things of this world that will lead us away from him. And that is that was what will he says when we go into that and we follow that, those lusts, and he says when then that is conceived, he says that that is when that sin is prevalent in our life. And we need to always have that continuously taken out of our life and letting the Spirit of the Holy Ghost be what is strong there and what gives us the power to overcome that and to not be involved in that. But what is our treasures here upon the earth? Are we looking for that treasure above? Are we looking for that treasure, that everlasting treasure? Are we looking for just the the frivolous things here upon this earth that I may be involved in, that I might entertain this body or I might fulfill the lust of the body. But he says it perishes with the using of it. When we have done and accomplished all those worldly things that we, we look upon and we see that that is so, what the flesh desires so greatly, what is it when it's all said and done? but it's nothing. And it will have no avail. It will be nothing that will be good for us eternally. But we've got that opportunity to know our Lord and Savior through just putting our faith and repenting of our sins to Him, trusting in Him. And why should I long for the world and its sorrows when in that home over the sea, millions are singing the wonderful story. Heaven holds all to me. And is that in our life today? Is that what holds all to us? Is that what we are seeking for, searching for, and wanting to be a part of more than anything else that we are willing to lay aside the things of this world, to be at one with Jesus Christ. Paul said he counted all things of this world, but nothing, but done, he said. But nothing, something that would not be of good to him naturally. But he counted the precious blood of Jesus Christ so gracious and he says that was what he was seeking after and that's what he was looking forward to and he said it would be of great joy to be able to leave this world and to be with Christ Jesus than to continue here upon this earth but he said it was more needful for him and for the people here upon the earth at that time for him to stay here and he was reconciled to being in that condition to stay here as long as as God wanted him to stay, but he could see that this wretched body that he lived in, there was nothing good. It was only anything that was done good was the spirit of the Holy Ghost in that. And there was a warfare that was constantly a battle within him as Satan was constantly trying to get him, and he's constantly trying to get you and me. And that's a great warfare. But just keep in mind and be reconciled and be encouraged that the mightier of the two spirits is God.
And he's offering that power to each and every one of us. And I know that that's a fact, and I know that we can have power over sin. And let's see victory. Let's be encouraged in his word today. Not discouraged, but be encouraged to let's look straight forward and let's be at one with him. I've turned to Revelations this morning, and I believe we'll read some there. Let's turn to the 19th chapter there of Revelations. I believe these are some of the things that take place right in the end of time. And some of the things that in the next few chapters here, the 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, talks a lot about what will take place and what the righteous, what will happen to the righteous and what will happen to the unrighteous. But let's start reading there at the first verse of the 19th chapter. And see the things of what God gave this, Jesus gave this revelation to John while he was out on the Isle of Patmos. And he gave it there and John wrote these words down so that we could be warned and we could be encouraged in the word. And he says, after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation, glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth and her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. I believe there, just think about what was taking place there. And he said, I saw and I heard a great voice of much people, many people, praising God, saying, Alleluia, salvation, glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God. And that's what each and every one of us should have in our mind today, is giving them the honor and the glory. And he says, for true and righteous is his judgments. And God's word and his judgments are true and righteous. We have heard that so much that God's word is absolute truth. And we must believe it at that and we must live by it. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth and her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. The great whore, something that was unclean. But I believe that he's talking about there the false prophets that was here upon the earth, the false prophets, the Antichrist, all of those that was teaching things that was not wrong, that was wrong. And he says that, that God's truths and God's righteousness and his judgments, that he hath judged because of these things, that great whore that has created these messages and that has talked and taught, taught people and did corrupt the earth with her fornication, Fornication not being true to the Word is the way I look at that. And that was what was being taught by this 
great group of people here upon the earth. And he says God's judgment and, and righteous judgment will be rained out upon that group of people there. And he says, hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they say, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped God that sat upon the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. The four and twenty elders there, and I believe that was probably the twelve patriarchs, and I believe it was the twelve disciples there. And they were there right at the throne. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. They were agreeing with the word of God. They agreed with the word of God while he was here upon the earth. They agreed that he was a righteous God and that his son Jesus Christ was here, came here upon the earth that we might be saved and that we can have eternal life through him. And they were just saying, Amen to that. We agree with it. And his voice came out of the throne saying, and a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all you servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were a voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and a voice of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And I believe this is the righteousness saying that. And listen to what he said. I heard it, a voice of a great multitude. A great multitude of people there from the beginning of time all the way here until the end of the time there. And they were, that had been saved. And they were presenting these things and praising God. Praising Jesus Christ. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. The time now that the, the Lamb of God, the righteous, he says, for the, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Now it is time for the bride to be joined to the bridegroom forever and ever and ever. Think about what a wonderful time that this is. Let us be glad and rejoice, he says, and give honor to him. Are you in that condition? Are you giving honor? Are you glad and rejoicing in his word today? This is going to happen, friends. The things that we are reading about will take place. Are you going to be a part of that multitude that is praising God. That is there a part of the Lamb's wife that is a, about to be joined to the, to the Lamb forever and ever. Are you in a condition today if He calls for the work of your hand? Where will you spend eternity? Will you be a part of this group of people that we're talking about here? You've got the opportunity today. But there will come a time if you don't do something about it now while you're here in the land of the living. You will be a part of others that we can read as we get that far. I don't know how far we'll read in there today. But it says and it tells how they go on the left side and they're cast and they're bound into eternal hell forever and ever. But these here, 
was the righteous. And he's just, they were just saying, let us be glad and rejoice. Rejoice because they had been saved. They were now going into eternal life with the Lamb. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his, his wife hath made herself ready. And I believe when I say that, they were getting ready to live here upon the earth with the Lamb, with Christ, for a thousand years there in that millennial period of time. For, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. No spots. Fine linen, clean and white. There was no fornicator there. There was no adulteress. There was no liar. There was no, steal, no thief. There was no covetous person. There was no hatred within these people. They were all righteous. And, and he says to her, to the bride that was, that was the church, that was the people there that had been saved, that had trusted in God and trusted in Jesus Christ. It says, now they are arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. The righteousness of God is what they were arrayed in. That's what I want us to all to understand, that they had been made clean while they was here. And then all that had been their mistakes or whatever they had done, they had, it had been burned, it had been taken away, it was clean. And now they are standing there, Arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. Visualize that in your mind. What a wonderful thing that is. Here is the mighty Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, and all of the righteous coming to Him, arrayed with that Spirit of God, adorned in that. There is no wickedness, there is no unrighteousness in that whatsoever. But it has all been made right through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are, which, called, which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Do we believe that today? I believe it and I know it to be. And he says, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Each and every one of us, are you called for that? Have you been to Him, and has He called you because you have repented, because you have trusted in Him, He calls you then to come in and to be a child of God. And that's who will be at this marriage supper. There will be none that comes into that marriage supper here without that wedding garment on. They will all be clothed in that white raiment, in that wedding garment, because they are pure. They have followed Jesus Christ. Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. You know, we read about in one of his parables how that there was he, the, the man sent out to all the kingdom there, could not get his people, his friends, or anybody to come unto the marriage of his daughter, I believe it was, 
or his son, whatever. He was having a, a marriage in his family. And he sent and he invited all these people. And that's what God, this is the marriage that God is talking to us and Jesus is talking to us today. And that it's, he's asking and he is pleading for each and every one of us to be, make ourselves ready by coming to him so that we can be a part of this marriage supper. That we can be there arrayed in that fine linen. What took place in the parable? He sent, a, he sent his word, he sent his invitation, and the people said, oh, I've got to go do this, or I've got to go do that, or whatever. Is that in our mind today? Do we have something that's more important to do than to come and hear the word of God? Do we have something more important on our mind right now, today, than listening and hearing the word of God, what he would have for us to do? Where is our thoughts? And what he said then, they, they, didn't, they turned down the invitation. People are turning down the invitation for Jesus Christ is putting out today. And they, those, they, they turned down the invitation. They were not able to come to the marriage supper that day. And he, the man told them, his servants, he says, Go out wherever, to the highways and wherever you see anybody. And invite them and tell them to come unto my marriage. And they went and they brought it and they said, your house is full. And I believe that's kind of like here. He says there was a great multitude that had heard the word. There was a great multitude that was honoring Jesus Christ and God the Father. But in this one, at this point... They all, those that were there, that great multitude that he's talking about there, they were arrayed in that white. But as that marriage that took place with the man, he looked around at all the group there and he saw someone that had come in without a wedding garment on. And he asked him, he says, why did you come in here without the wedding garment? And he said, take him and bind him hand and foot and cast him away. And that's why this marriage supper that we are talking about right here will be all the righteous, all the ones that heard the invitation and came to the marriage there. The marriage with the Lamb, believing upon him, believing that he is the Son of God, believing that he can take your sins away and believe in he can give you power over those sins. And I fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is, is the spirit of the prophecy. This was a a servant, an angel there that was telling him these things. And he said unto him, Blessed are they which call unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. That was the message. And the message that is being given to us every week is that this is the true sayings of God. Accept them and come unto him. Be a part of His kingdom here upon the earth. Become a son of God. 
so that you can be a part of this marriage supper here at the end of time. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Saw that white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and I believe that that's a representation of God in Jesus Christ. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. That's certainly not anything to do with Satan. But in righteousness, he doth judge and make war with Satan, with sin. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were as many crowns. And he had a name written on, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That is that white horse, and the Word of God comes through Jesus and God the Father. That is where it starts, and that is where it will end. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in linen and white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the God Almighty, the powerful word of God in this man. And I believe again, I believe that this is the word. He says it's the word of God. And I believe that that's Jesus Christ and God the Father and the armies which were in heaven, the righteous, followed him upon white horses. They followed the word of God. And that's what they're doing here upon earth today. The righteous, they are following the word of God on that white horse, which way I would look upon that is the spirit of God with us today. And we can follow him. We can be a part of that army following Jesus Christ with the spirit of God leading us, guiding us, and directing us. That sharp sword that went out of his mouth there could cut us off from our sins. That is what he will do for all of us. But he also, he will smite the nations of the unrighteous. And they will not be productive righteously. Because he is there to divide the righteous from the unrighteous. And he will separate them. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God, of the Almighty God. And the wrath of God, God is a God of love. He wants to see it's his will that every one of us be saved. But if we don't comply to his word, the wrath of God will be rained out upon the disobedience. The wrath of God will be rained out upon the evil. Remember these things, friends, and don't be discouraged on it. Just say, okay, he's telling us these things. He's warning us. He's telling us to believe upon him. Let's come unto the marriage of the Lamb. Be a part of it. Don't be a castaway, but be a part of it by believing upon him. And he hath his vesture, and on his thigh a name written, 
King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ and God the Father, King of kings and Lord of lords. And we must submit to that. If we call Him Lord, Lord, if He is our Lord or He is our King, what did a king do? A king was in authority over his subjects, over his people. The people were subject to him. He gave out the rules. He gave out how he wanted them to live and how they should conduct themselves. And it was their duty to follow what the king asked to be done in that day. Are we following Him? He's saying He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Do you say, Lord, Lord? Is He your Lord? Are you willing to put it all into His hands and be a part of Him? And I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sat on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Now remember what he's saying, though he's calling the fowls of the air to come. To be a part of these things. And then he's looking around and he sees then that I saw the beast, the beast that servant, that antichrist, and the kings of the earth. The kings of the earth. He didn't say the kings of heaven. He didn't say the Lord and King of God, of, of, the, of the universe. He said, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies. They thought that they could do things of their own way and that they thought that they could be so great and overcome things in their own way. The beast and the king of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. What he's saying there is the things of this world, the people, the unrighteous, the high and the mighty, the self-righteous, all of them there, they have come there and they are ready and they're gathered together to make war against him that set upon the horse. And who was the horse? And his army? His army is the righteous. His, the one that was setting upon that horse, he said he had a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. And who could that be? But Jesus Christ and God the Father, the one, one and the same. But that's who it is. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now these are the words that Jesus Christ had given to John there. Now listen, the beast and with him the false prophet. Now the beast right up above there and the kings of the earth all of the, the unrighteous 
and their armies, all of the ungodly, were gathered together to make war against Jesus Christ. And we can see those things happening today upon the earth also. These, this has taken place, some of it now, how the, the unrighteous are making war against Jesus Christ and His Word today. But I believe that this is there now. Christ has come back to the earth. He is here and these things are taking place is what, what we are reading about here. And the armies that's coming upon Him. And I saw the beast and the king of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against Him that set upon the horse and upon against His army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophets that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast. Those that were deceived by the beast, by Satan. Those that were deceived by false prophets, by false teaching. They looked upon them that all these miracles, but they were deceived. Them that had received the mark of the beast kept what, they, what was happening there, that mark of the beast is just the spirit of Satan. They've received that, they've kept it. It has not been removed by the Spirit of God. And them that worshipped His image, the image of Satan, could have even been people worshipping the image of Jesus Christ, but without a knowledge. With, the, with not the Spirit. There's people there today that proclaim that they worship Him. But look at their works. Look at what they do. It is not there. There is no fruits there that is coming forth. The Spirit is not there. And them that worshiped His image... But I believe he's talking about worshiping the image of, of the beast and the false prophet there. These both, all of them, he says, were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now, do you want to believe his word? And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I saw the angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that old dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now the beast here, I believe that these are, this is the works of Satan. And I believe it's, people there and organizations and denominations and things of that sort that were here upon the earth and all their believers that were not walking upright with God. I believe that's what he's talking about there. And that was, it was just the spirit of Satan within that. But then he's now he's talking about, he says he saw that angel come down from heaven having the key then to the bottomless pit, having the key to hell, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, 
and bound him a thousand years. He took that chain. He opened hell. He bound him up. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should, not, he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. The righteous there going in in that white attire that they have been adorned with. And all the wicked and all the ones I believe that was proclaiming to be Christians but were not. I believe that's what he's talking about when he says the beast and the kings of the earth and the armies and gathered to make war against him that set up on the horse. I believe that's the ones that he's talking about there people proclaiming to believe but were not living it people proclaiming to be a christian but had never been had that new birth all of those and then satan all of them cast there into that fire a thousand years before i believe if you go on and read it there that judgment of all the other dead is cast there i believe that those goes into that condition a thousand years ahead. And they cast him into the bottomless pit. Think about that. Now this is, these are the truths of God. The power of God now has, is doing away with Satan and his deceivingness. And they shut him up, cast him into that hell, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And you can read, and we may read a little bit about what took place in the, at that time when he was loosed again. And I saw thrones, and they that sat up on them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. I swear that I have a great desire to be with this group of people. And I know that we can, I can. I don't know that you can have that. But listen there what he said. Let's read that verse, that fourth verse again. He said, I saw thrones, thrones. There's a lot of difference in that bottomless pit and in that, that lake of fire, a brimstone, and a throne. Now there's two different groups. He says this other group was cast into that. Now... This man is saying, I saw a throne. A beautiful and a wonderful place is what a throne would look like. And they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. Now look, this is who he saw those, those souls that were there around this throne, this beautiful place. Those that had been martyred because of holding out on, on their belief of Jesus Christ. 
and serving God and for the Word of God, for the righteous that was there, that was before Jesus even, and which had not worshipped the beast, they had not worshipped Satan, neither his image, neither his people here, whatever denomination or whatever it might be that was not teaching. And I know that his word has been taught ever since the beginning of time. He has had people here teaching and preaching the truth. But I know that he has warned us and he has talked to us and it is warned throughout the Bible about false teachers and false prophets. And you can go and you can read about them of how that they were in that condition. And that is what the beast is again. And they did not have, they had not relinquished to the beast and to his beliefs. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the word of God. And when they had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They heard the word of God. They believed the word of God. And his word was written in their heart and in their mind. And they were able to see victory in Jesus Christ. They had not lived and they reigned, lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now all those, the righteous, has been resurrected to life. Now the beast and the false prophet and Satan, all of that has been cast into hell. The righteous, they're in paradise with Jesus Christ, spending a thousand years with Him in paradise. Blessed and holy is He that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. A thousand years. Think about that. That's longer than anybody has ever lived here upon the earth. We look at somebody here now, if they reach to be a hundred years of age, we think that they have lived a long time. But I believe that we will be here upon the earth here with Christ. And I believe that it will be more back like it was at the Garden of Eden. That's the way I look upon this. That then they will live and reign with Him for a thousand years here upon the earth. And that will be a glorious and wonderful time for the righteous but think about that those are just those that have part in that first resurrection those that are there in, and coming to the marriage of the lamb that's who he's talking about those that are arrayed in that white robes those that have their faith and trust in Jesus Christ today and put the things of the world aside now that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy 
certain things here, but we don't let that become our God. And we're not lusting after the sins of the world. We're not lusting after the things of the world. But we are ready to give it all up for Jesus Christ, if that's necessary. And be a part of this first resurrection. I want to be, he says, blessed. And holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. He's blessed because now he's saved forever. Holy. Because he's got, he is there full of the spirit of righteousness. Full of the spirit of God. He is holy. And will be that way forever and ever and ever. And when the thousand years are expired. Now listen carefully to these. When the thousand years are expired. Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Listen at that. Satan now being loosed out of that. The chains taken off. The door of hell opened. And Satan coming forth. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Here's Satan coming out, and now he's bringing all the dead those that maybe had never proclaimed to trust in Jesus, but had lived here upon the earth. All the dead, he's bringing them back up on the earth there. And he is deceiving them. He's probably telling them that, okay, we're going now to receive your reward. But a fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Remember that beast and the false prophet have already been there now for a thousand years. Satan was released out of wherever he was being held. says in that bottomless pit, I guess that was probably a different place from where the beast and the false prophet were. He says they were cast, and now Satan is being cast into that lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now these are the words of God. Let's keep this in mind as we go through and what we're talking about here today. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no more place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. He saw the great. Now this is a great white throne. Here is God the Father, I believe, sitting upon that throne. And he says now, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no more place for them. I believe that this earth then and the heavens that we know about today are destroyed, are taken away. And he says there's no more place for them. There's no more need for that. The righteous there are about to go into that perfect condition with God the Father. 
and the wicked, the unrighteous, about to go into that final state of torment, into the fire of brimstone, that lake of fire. That is about to happen here at, at what we are reading and talking about. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead will be judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And I believe there, the way I look upon that, he says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. That was not the righteous. The righteous are alive. This was the unrighteous. But they're standing there before God. The books were open, and I believe that that's the New Testament and the Old Testament. The Word of God is the way I look at that. And then the book of life. That is the book of life where all of our works, all of our deeds, all of our thoughts, everything is recorded in that. The book of life. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Whether or not it was the works of Satan, or whether or not it was the works of the Spirit of God within you. And that will be within every one of us. And that's what these were, were being judged by, as what their works were in their life that they lived here. The books were opened. The things which were written in the book. And the dead were judged out of these things. The Word of God that was here upon the earth. And the things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. There's nobody that will surpass this. We may say that I'm just living a good life, and I'm living, I'm okay. I don't have to accept Jesus. I don't have to live the way He has asked for us to live. I can just live a good life, and I'll be okay. He's saying here that all of those... The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man to their works. Do you see it doesn't say anything about there that Jesus giving up the righteous. They're already there. They have been judged. They were judged by the word of God while they were here upon the earth. And when they, were, when they died then with that spirit, they were made sons of God. They went right on there with Jesus Christ. But this is the unrighteous here. And they are being judged. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I believe that the righteous names were there in that book of life. I know they were. But those that did not have their names written there, 
that they had accepted God's word and accepted Jesus, they were the ones that were judged and they were cast alive into that lake of fire forever and ever. Friends, that is such a terrible thing to think about that there's nothing that we can do about that that day. And I want you to think there will come a time when we leave this world that we will be in eternity. And a moment after that we get out of this life, a moment when all this takes place, there will be nothing to change it. Nothing can change it anymore. You will either be there with Christ about to go into that new earth, that new heaven, new Jerusalem, or you will be cast into this lake of fire. There is only two places. And you have the opportunity now to make your calling and election sure through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And I know that that can be done with all of us. We do not have to go through that second death. We, will, we can have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what He told His disciples. When He sent them out to go and to preach and to teach and to heal. And He sent them out, told them not to carry two coats, not to carry a script, not to carry money. He wanted them to go out and to do what He said and to totally trust in Him. And that's what He's asking for us today. To just put it into His hands and totally trust in Him. And they came back and they were excited about what they were able to do. They were excited about seeing the power of God. And we can be excited about that when we're able to receive that today. We can see it. But you know what the Lord Jesus told them? He says, don't be rejoicing in the power that you have had and what you have done in that. But rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'll say amen to that. And let's, be, let's rejoice in that. That our names can be. And, and I hope your name is there. That's between you and Jesus Christ and God the Father. But I know it can be. But you've got to relinquish to Him. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to have faith in Jesus Christ. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And now let's look and see what was taking place after that now. This is after the thousand year millennial period. All of these things have taken place. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, 
And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And I want to tell you about, talk to you a little about that and the way I look upon that. The earth and the other, he says, was done away. And now he is bringing, now he is making a new heaven and a new earth, a new place for the righteous to live. It's what God is doing. And there was no more sea. And, you know, the first heaven, I mean, the first earth, well, he says the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That was fulfilled. This earth and this heaven that we know about here today, all of that has been fulfilled at this time, and there is no more need for it. Adam's family is done. There is no more opportunity for anyone to save their soul that lived here upon the earth. There is no more need for Adam's family to live here. All that has been done, and there has been a judgment. The righteous with Jesus and with God... Now he's saying that of what will take place that's passed away. Now he says, now John, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Such a beautiful thing. You know, we, today, the bride adorned for her husband in a lot of cases may not be as beautiful as what it was, the way that Christ and the way that God had arranged it to begin. But that was a beautiful virgin that came before him presenting her body holy and righteously and pure to her husband. And that's what now God is doing with his righteous people. He said he saw New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. This beautiful, holy, righteous city prepared and adorned just like the bride for her husband. Beautiful and pure and full of godliness, full of godly peace and love and hope. We don't need hope anymore because we're there. It's just full of peace and love. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. The tabernacle of God, the place where God reigns, is now with the men, with the people of Adam's family that have been saved. And God is with them. And He will dwell with them. And they shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Think about this, in that living in that beautiful place 
with God. And God is there, all of these people's God at that time, there is no other gods in their mind. They are worshiping nobody else. All the things of the world have been done away. And now this new and beautiful place, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now the way I look at that is this. I believe up until this time, people may know something about their friends, their loved ones, whether they are there with them in paradise in that millennial period. I believe that they may have some understanding of this earth, of where they lived and what was going on. I believe in the parable that he gave, the rich man could see and he was in torment. And he wanted to send an angel or someone that was raised from the dead to go back and to warn his people. He had a knowledge of this earth and what was going on. He had a knowledge that he was in torment. He had a knowledge that there was people in paradise. And I believe up until this time we may have that and it would be a sad time. It would be a wonderful time thinking and knowing that we were saved. But there would be sadness, there would be tears there of knowing that someone, a loved one, was not there. Or anyone was not there as far as that concern would be sad to the righteous. But he goes and he says in this fourth verse, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. He takes all that away. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And the former things, I believe, is this earth. And all the things there that we might know and that we might have in our mind about this earth. All of those things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He makes all things new. We are new now. We are there with God to reign with Him forever and ever. A son of God, just like Jesus Christ, full of righteousness to be there forever and ever. I make all things new. We have that new life. All the old things taken away. All the remembrance of those things, I believe, taken away. How could there be no sorrow if I remembered that I had friends or I had family members and they were not there. There would be great sorrow throughout eternity for that. But he says, I take all these things away and I will make all things new and there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. For the former things are passed away. All of this, this life passed away. But it will be such a joyous thing to be there 
with God and his people. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Now he's telling us, he's warning us, he's telling us. He says, Say it unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, I'm the beginning and the end. He says, I will give unto him that is a thirst. All of those that want to drink of that water, that will take the thirst away, that spiritual water that will give you life forever and ever, he says, for the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely, I will give that to you if you ask. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Now listen, this is what he's telling us now. He says, if you are thirsting after that righteous water, he says, if you want it, I will give it to you. I will give you of that fountain of water of life, not of death. What happened to those that died in their sins? They were cast alive into hell. What happened to those that were alive with Jesus Christ? They have that water of that life, eternal life, and it is a gift of God that was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Accept it. The fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. What's he talking about? He that overcometh Satan, he that overcometh sin in the flesh, shall inherit eternal life. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, the power of God, and all the things that he's been talking about here. A place in that new Jerusalem, a place in that new earth, and I will be his God. He will be there. God will be with the righteous, he said. And he will be their God. I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Son of God. Amen to that. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Do you see the difference of what he's been telling us here today? What will happen in these things? And he's just bringing it up again. I will give to you that eternal life if you want it. If you will believe, if you will come to me and ask and repent. But he says, if you don't, then you are an unbeliever. You're fearful that you can't do these things. You're unbelieving and an abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars. And that's in every one of us. Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
And there came unto me one of the seven angels that had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city. The holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God and having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high and twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the angels written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. This is just the whole city, the whole thing is built on righteousness. Built upon the righteousness of God. That's what this city, this new Jerusalem is built upon. That that's where the righteous will dwell. The gates there so they would be able to come in. And they that talked with me, and he that talked with me, had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four score, four square. And the length of it was as large as the breadth, and he measured the city with a great reed, twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. A huge area, big lot of room, a lot of place. And he says the height, all of it is equal. Everybody that is there will be on equal terms. There will be none that is rich or none that is poor. But all will be there filled with the Spirit and with the knowledge and the understanding and filled as a, as a son of God. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubics, according to the measure of man that is of an angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Can you visualize in your mind? It's just hard for me to think about what this city, what this place of heaven will be like. How wonderful it will be, and how beautiful it will be. But the most wonderful thing about it is that we will be there in a saved condition. We will be there as a son of God. That is the most wonderful thing. All the glory and the honor and all that that God gets in, in this beautiful city, that is nothing to me compared to being able to be a son of God. Yes, all these this beauty and things, that is something to behold. And it will be wonderful. But the most wonderful thing is the beauty of God and that spirit there. That is the most wonderful thing that will be with each and every one of us, with all of us as a part of that today. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third of chalcedony. 
and the fourth an emerald, the fifth a sardox, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth a chrysoprus, the eleventh a jacinth, and the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve angel, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of the pearl of a, of a street of the city. And every several gate was of one pearl. And the seat of the city, street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need for the sun nor the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but that which is written in the Lamb's book of life. These are the true words of God. Do you want to believe them? Do you want to be a part of it? You have a choice. Each and every one of us has a choice today. That we can be a part of this. We can live in this kingdom. We can be a part. We can be a son of God. Or we can be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. What do you want to do today have you made that choice listen carefully to what he says and how the righteous and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of God and the kings of the earth do bring forth their glory and honor unto it and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. The glory and the honor of the nations of God will be brought in and out of that new Jerusalem. And there shall in no wise, now listen carefully to this, there shall in no wise Enter into it anything that defileth. Now what will defile us? Sin. What will defile this tabernacle of God that we are living in when we receive that new birth? Or if we have not received that new birth, we're living in a tabernacle that is filled with the Satan, the spirit of Satan. And there is in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, nor maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I want to rejoice in that today, that our name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. And I believe it's there. 
And you have that opportunity also to know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we can be a part of this and live forever as a son of God. You've got the opportunity today. Let's use it. And let's repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ and see victory. I believe most of the time, about this time of the year, we will normally take communion in your homes. I am not here at all, and I don't ever want to tell you when you need to take communion, but I just remind you that that's just been a tradition of the church. But you are free to take communion anytime you want to, wherever and however that you want to take it, as long as you are taking it in thanks and in honor to Him and in doing it and being worthy of doing that as you do it. But it's been recommended to us for many, many years to be able to do those things in our home when we feel that we are worthy, when we feel we are ready to be, take that communion with Jesus Christ. I would leave that totally up to you. I don't want to tell anybody when they should do that. That's between you and God and Jesus Christ. We'll sing number 307. Amazing Grace.
that song should be touching each and every one of our hearts today with the message that he has just given to us and how amazing his grace is of how sinful we have been and how amazing his grace that saved a wretch like me And how he has told us about all that would be taking place and all the dangers of this life and how we can go through them by his grace and then when we've been there 10,000 years in that new city, that new earth, that new place and all of this world taken away. There's no less days than when we first began. Friends, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Seek Him. And let's see everlasting life. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for the wonderful words of exhortation that we have been able to receive today. And I just beg for guidance that you lead me in a way that I might be able to encourage each and every one that is under the sound of my voice today that I might be able to encourage them to look to you. And that throughout this week that I may be able to encourage others and that I might be able to use the things you have entrusted into my hands, you, the things that you have given me, what talents, what words, what spiritual life to help others to see and know Jesus Christ. And stay away from that lake of fire. God, we see that you are a merciful and loving being. Help us to proclaim that throughout the world. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.